welcome to today's podcast. Podcast number, enter here. <laughs> Today we are going to talk about the experience of our inaugural Nine Night Alaskan. Yeah, you can edit that together. You just take out the other part. See? Well, they, they um, actually did a Nine Night Alaskan cruise to Sitka, but we'll let you have this, Isabel. That's fine. Thank you, Isabel. You're very welcome. So, we did just a quick overview on the itinerary. It was a nine-night Alaskan cruise uh, from Vancouver. Uh, it was a traditional seven-night cruise with the uh, addition of Hubbard Glacier and Icy Strait Point. I arrived the day before, and we woke up early and headed to the you know got our taxi and headed to the port. Uh, port of Vancouver is. It was our first time sailing out of that port, so it was a new experience. It was it was a pretty big building. It seemed like you we walked all over going from each part of the check in. Totally it reminded me a little bit of Miami to to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, big, they're used to dealing with a lot of cruise lines at one time. Um very helpful staff though. It was definitely well organized and yeah, well staffed. Yeah, very much so. Just it was a lot of walking from point A to point B, point yeah. B to C. Well, remember, they had to set it up for, like, that's not just the one they have at Port Canaveral. That's only for Disney Cruise Line, that one terminal. They have to set it up for different cruise lines. So it can't just be this over here, this over there. Exactly. Pretty much the entire check-in process was fairly, you know, simple. It was about as smooth as checking in at Port Canaveral. In terms of, you know, the time it took. Yeah, oh, definitely. It was pretty smooth. Super easy. We, so once we were checked in, we were just kind of waiting. Minnie came out for her meet and greet in the terminal before we, uh, you know, got on and everything. I mean, I would say it was probably your typical embarkation day. Um, I mean, we, being platinum, you get to go wait over with the concierge folks. And that, that area was full. Um, definitely noticed a ton of repeat cruisers, um, which is always, you know, interesting to see people that we've actually recognized that have been on some of our cruises because we have taken some of the special cruises. So, um, you know, that was certainly interesting. And, you know, they board you on time, all the, the normal stuff. We we used to eat in, in Parrot Key on the classic ships. Um, so, but we, you know, headed up to cabanas for our usual um embarkation lunch and we haven't gone to a sail away party we're not real big into those because we've gone to so many but we did want to do it from the port of vancouver so um being that we were so early to board the ship our luggage was at our room when our uh stateroom was ready at 1 30 so we it were was able crazy to- early it was awesome. We were able to unpack. Um, always a nice thing to do to unpack before we go down to the muster drill. Um, and then after the muster drill, we we headed up to the sailway party, which we watched from the upper deck instead of the deck nine where it's at. We actually went up to deck ten. So, um, you know, Isabel, what do you think? You're not a big fan of the sailway party, but you look like you're having a good time. You enjoyed this one. Yes, I did. Vancouver is a very beautiful city. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it always helps when it's not... Uh, thunderstorming or 95 yes. degrees and 80% humidity as well. But, but 
But you had a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if, if it was thunderstorming, they had the indoor one, which is always jam-packed. Right. But uh, yes. I had found the the Moway Ice cart uh, gentleman, so we we were able to to get that. So, Scott, what do you think? Typical typical sail-away party, just in an, kind of an atypical port? Yes. They, you know, the highlight was the Moet cart. Always. <laughs> Glass, I'm... Always good to make friends day one. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a beautiful uh, port to sail out of, for, yeah. for sure. Yeah, definitely. It was a, it was a pretty day, pretty pretty port um the weather was amazing glad we uh glad we 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 did the sail away party um i know a lot of a lot of people have asked so i'm gonna kind of address this at the beginning we have been told you know so many times that you know when you're sailing alaska you absolutely have to have a, a window or a veranda stateroom um we made the decision that we were going to do an inside stateroom. We happen to have one on, on deck five that we really like uh, because it's Isabel likes deck five kids club right there. Um, I can honestly say that I do not feel that way. Um, Scott, Isabel, what do you guys think? I'm fine with, in fact, it forces me out elsewhere on the ship and Right, you know, we, deck four is kind of our home. We our go to deck four a lot. Um, you know, I think a lot of people feel like, oh, well, when you're getting ready, there are things you can be sailing past. And but um, I didn't feel that way at all. We are not in the stateroom very much, other than getting ready for dinner. You know, getting ready for bed, that sort of stuff. Um, there's every once in a while where we'll have some afternoons and we'll flip on the Marvel Channel, but we definitely don't feel that 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 is something that is a necessity i would consider that more of a splurge being on the ship is good enough whatever that you can afford where you can be um but for alaska i think that your best bet if you're trying to do it economically is to go ahead and book your inside stateroom and spend your money on your excursions and things to do um because if you just continue to uh, the bottom line can really go up really quick in Alaska. So, um, you know, I don't, I would not caution mm. anyone away from an inside stateroom with the caveat that, you know, you have to be able to go outside. And we spend so much time on deck four. I mean, we spend a lot of time out there. So, you probably want to see more animals, though. Um, Maybe some more whales. How, how much. If you're sitting in your veranda, would you have been doing though, Isabel? No, but like if you had a porthole, you probably could look at I mean, there's the impromptu viewing that. Like you're just kind of in there and you might look out, but if you're not, if you're not prone to spending a lot of, you know, awake hours in your stateroom, it's kind of not necessary. That's how I look at it. It's not necessary. Whereas, I mean, even on those sea days, you know, we're pretty much running around the ship doing many things. So yeah, it'd be a little different if we kind of just sat in the room or, you know, didn't do any of the other activities on the ship where we're kind of just looking for something to do. But There were a good variety of activities. Yeah. Right. So back to, back to the first day, um, you know, that first day is kind of 
compact into you have lunch, you walk around the ship, you go in your stateroom when it opens, we unpack, we go to the mustard drill, and then we do early dining, so then it's dinner time. So um, uh, we did, we had table mates um, that had a daughter that was the same age as Isabel or close to Isabel within a year. Um, and um, our first night was in Tiana's. Tiana's place, but it wasn't the... It was the Let the Magic Begin menu. Right. wasn't the show menu, so... Um, Scott, anything you want to say or add about that? It was a let the magic begin menu in Tiana's. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. <laughs> the service um, was really slow. The The service in the first night was, whew, it was tough. Um, but, you know. I'll be quiet. Yeah. Well, we've already discussed that in the trip report, which, you know, you can, you can link to. So um, the second day we had, we... Um, it was a sea day. We were kind of lucky because we were kind of bookended with sea days. So we started with a sea day and ended with a sea day, which was, which was cool. Um, one thing that was super exciting was for the very first time, and this was our 20th cruise, so we joked that it was our double platinum cruise, which of course doesn't exist on Disney Cruise Line. But um, for the very first time in 20 cruises, Scott came up and joined me at the gym. So... Um, you know, I was shocked. It was super exciting. It was a trend that continued for the whole cruise. Um, so we did that. And, uh, Oh, Isabel and I saw a whale in the morning. That's right. Yeah. There's so much wildlife, um, on Alaskan cruise, which is great. In the morning we were, uh, they held the, uh, golden platinum castaway club member event and these are now you only get them on cruises eight days or longer now that's true eight nights yeah nights. so the golden platinum reception now it seems to kind of based on other sailings and it's kind of settled into this uh ours was centered around the golden mickeys we were invited up to the walt disney theater and outside the theater we, there was a little reception in the in the Preludes area. Complimentary drinks, uh, kind of like same drinks that they've always had at the at the old receptions. Um, they didn't offer any of those, you know, the fruit trays or trays of, you know, small Appetizers, orders. the canapes. Yeah. But, you know, the officers were mingling around, everybody outside Preludes while, you know, drinks were being served and you could go inside kind of pick a seat in the theater. And instead of just kind of having the random talk that they have always done in the past, they kind of give you a little behind the... It's more or less behind the scenes of a show. Uh, I know... It's really interesting. For instance, ours ours was the Golden Mickeys. Our friends that are on the transatlantic right now, they're doing, you know, they get to see behind the scenes of Tangled. Um, They've done Aladdin on the fantasy. On the Southern... On the fantasy, that yeah, they did Aladdin. Uh, it just doesn't happen on the dream. And so it kind of gives you, they show you a scene of the Gold Mickeys, and then what they do is they kind of lift up the curtains to kind of show you behind the scenes of that scene, you know, all the stage crew, like bringing the sets into place with the curtain up. You can kind of see the transitionings. And then they reset it again, and they show... 
or they had the live audio of the comms for, you know, the the staff. What do they, what do they call them? I like the little, like, cameras they have in there so you can see what they're doing. Yeah, the, the team from the control booth, you can kind of listen to, you know, them talking to each other through their comms and kind of, you know, directing the show and all that. And it was, you know, they up on the two video screens on the side of the stage, they kind of had video of the uh, control booth team and... So that was pretty cool to kind of see the behind the scenes of that, you know, especially, I mean, if you're into the theater performing, you're probably used to that kind of stuff, but it's neat for everybody else to kind of see how the shows are put together like that. Uh, And I'd say it was a pretty packed reception, which is I am. It It was was very packed. It was heavy on the... uh, Golden Platinum members on that cruise. It's like officer pin training. <laughs> and so that was fun. And then on the way out, lo and behold, the Mickey Rice Krispie Treats. Yeah. Fan favorite. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny? Looking back, they're not really that good. <laughs> they're Selma's. They're that like mass produced thing. It's not like Getting a box of Rice Krispies, a bag of marshmallows, and butter, and making your own. Like, there's something that still will always be, maybe because the Rice Krispies are crunchy and not soggy. But they're Mickey-shaped. But they're Mickey-shaped, and and I know you like the ones with the chocolate on them, which is that disgustingly waxy chocolate, but God bless you, Scott. More power to you. I'd eat those if they didn't have I went to the gym and lost weight on this cruise. (laughs) But yes, the Mickey Rice Krispie Treats are a fan favorite, which I'm pretty sure that most of the Sanders family grabs because it's, air quote, free, and air quote, complimentary. Our next, you know, we were kind of right back into the theater, Walt Disney Theater after that, and this was our first, re- I don't know, our real introduction to the Alaskan itinerary, I, th- I would say. Uh, you know, Doug Jones is the natural was a naturalist they have on board. You know, he goes on and he talks, he'll narrate during, like, when you're in the, at the glacier and in the fjord, and he'll come on at various times. And he does, you know, these various nature talks at the Walt Disney Theater, which are extremely interesting. And I could probably sit there all day and listen to him. Yeah, he was literally a crown jewel of this cruise. I Doug was, he's awesome. Plus his voice is soothing. It's like that mm-hmm. dad reading you a bedtime story. I mean, he's very personal. He gives you his stateroom number so you can call him. He says call him. Uh, or he's send a, send a send message. Send a you know, message on the way phone. He's always out and about on the ship, always willing to talk. So it's very helpful with any questions you might have about what you're about to see or what you did see. And you can usually find him wandering around. <clears throat> yeah, if... Those nature talks are, I would say, don't miss them. However, they do get replayed on the stateroom TVs. So if you do miss it and you kind of, re- or you want to watch it again, I think we watched that one twice. And there did. was, like, if there's two nature talks, there'll be two different channels. Mm-hmm. There's three, there'll be three. So on that first sea day we had, he did a one into Alaska's wilderness where he just kind of talked about you know, overall general Alaska kind of stuff, nature. 
and kind of where we were going and what we might see animal-wise. And then the next one, he spent more time talking about the ice fields and glaciers, which was really interesting. He's got some amazing photography and video. Whales, too. Yeah. He definitely has a passion for the subject. and But he's also super knowledgeable, too. It's not just like a guy reciting off Wikipedia. I mean, you've yeah, got someone who lives in Juneau who... He's not, re- he's not just <laughs> clicking the PowerPoint. <laughs> right, who was a ranger at the Mendenhall Glacier who, like, yeah, Doug is awesome. Incidentally, we did not end up going to the Golden Mickeys that evening, which is kind <laughs> of interesting because we had joked about it was something that we, you know, needed to do because we hadn't seen the update, but... Um, we, what ended up happening was we, after dinner, we went up and saw our friend from town, uh, who happens to work in the concierge lounge and he gave us a tour cause it was a good time to go, um, during the show time. So we had dinner and we walked around to the gift shops as we always do. Um, and then we went up to visit because the late dining was at the show and then early dining, I'm sorry, late dining was at dining and early dining was at the show. So that was something that, um, since we'll probably never sail concierge with Disney due to the, the cost factor, I shouldn't say never, but more than likely not. Um, it was kind of cool to go up there and just see what offerings they had and, and um, be able to kind of get their viewpoint. And it's, it is very nice up there. It is. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. I think the Wonder, don't you think, Scott, that the Wonder probably has the best concierge area of all the fleet? Yeah, I've, it's pretty I've nice. toured, I've been in the one on the Dream, the Magic, and the Wonder, and I gotta say, the Wonder, it's probably the cool, and the Wonder is the one I'd pick to spend time in, if that makes any sense. I just like the way it's set up. You've got that extra little sun deck on top, outside, that's covered. It's amazing views for Alaska. Which is also handicapped good because it has like a little elevating thing. It's handicap accessible, yes. They added an elevator. I mean, the other reason we skipped the Golden Mickeys is because of the scenery outside that we were sailing through. It was, what do they it's call it? It's gorgeous. I mean, and one of the things I really liked about how, was how our cruise was set up. So, you had a sea day, then you had two port days. Then when you cruise the Hubbard Glacier, it's still a sea day because you're on the ship. And then you had two ports again. And then, um, you know, again, when you're sailing through, um, you know, Tracy Armand to cut on whatever, that's still a, a sea day with, with stuff to look at. So I really enjoyed um, kind of how they had it laid out with the two port days, then you get a break, two port days, then you get a break. I think... I think that that's really cool because in Alaska, you could really get off the ship when they allow you to get off the ship and then <laughs> get back on right before it's time to go. I mean, there's just a ton to see, ton to do, ton to just look at um, sort of thing. Do you guys agree? Absolutely. Sure. Anytime you can book in a cruise with sea days, I'm happy. Right. True. Or just all sea days, too. I'm, I'm good with that. Right. Nice. Isabel would prefer uh, a little bit warmer weather, though, so she can use the deck, right, Izzy? 
Totally. Totally. Like Aussie days, but like warm weather. So day three was our uh, first port of call. We're in Ketchikan. I mean, keep in mind, these, this was each port that we were in was a completely brand new experience for us. I mean, this was our first Alaskan cruise, so, but. Before Scott gets kind of deep into our Ketchikan day, we, we had a lot of questions that have come up on the blog um, and the trip report as to how did we decide what excursions we wanted to do in what ports. And I can tell you there were a couple things. One, we did not want to do an excursion in every port. We did that on the Southern Caribbean, um, and it was a lot to have your days scheduled like that. Being that this was our first time in Alaska, we didn't want to have something that we absolutely had to do every single day. Two, um, there is always a cost factor to look at. And the Disney excursions and excursions not through Disney um, are very costly. So again, it was kind of prioritized the things that we wanted to do. Um, Isabel had picked an excursion out that she wanted to do. Scott and I talked about another one that, and which also actually interested Isabel. But um, we look at it as we have always liked to do a lot of things on our own as well and find things out we are also not averse to going back and repeating it. And I think all of us would say we would do it again. So um, that is the reason. You just need to look at the ports, see what you want to do. It's going to vary for every family. So that, That's a real good point that we kind of look at any cruise when we're determining. We look at the ports and determine, are these ports of call things that we can kind of just kind of walk around and stumble upon things, do things ourselves, or is this a port that's, you know, primarily quote unquote a cruise port where you kind of need to take a tour where, you know, all the, you know, there's nothing near the port to walk to, not close taxi rides or, you know, anything of interest near the port. Uh, so that's another thing that comes into play when we are kind of doing planning beforehand. And like Emily said, we're not averse to going back. So, you know, kind of get, you know, sampling of the port and then we'll, you know, say, Hey, next time we come here, let's, this sounds like something that'd be fun to do now knowing what we know. And I also stopped being one of those folks that had to research every last detail. Um, I did that for Norway um, and had a calendar and had it printed out and it was exhausting um, on the Norway and Iceland cruise. And it was good to do in Oslo when we did the Visit Oslo Pass and we used every time that we had in port other than 15 minutes in Oslo. Um, you know, I didn't do it when we went on the Southern, kind of booked a few things, looked at a few things last minute. But I, Scott and Isabel and I decided that we did not want to have every single moment booked for us because we also wanted to relax. So I pretty much buy the same things. I buy two... Um, Books for reference, the Fodor's travel book, and then another one of those uh, kind of picture books. And then, believe it or not, even I'm not trying to be a plug, but um, we do use the unofficial guide to Disney cruising because there are very invaluable resources in there for those ports. The unofficial so, guide to Disney Cruise Line. Correct. 2017. Which I'm sure Scott will put a link to in the in the show notes. In 2018, is already available for pre-order. Right. So... Um, we looked at kind of all the ports. Isabel had one that she picked out, which we'll get to when we get to that port. 
but we knew that Ketchikan was going to be a very walkable um, port and was going to be great. So our big welcome to Alaska was a nice rainy morning, which we expected. Reminded me of fall in Ohio. We were prepared. You know, we had our layers and our, you know, raincoats and whatnot. So no big deal. We just, you know, went with it. And we will do a Packing for Alaska cruise podcast where we talk about preparing and things to bring. Because I have to admit, I feel like we were very prepared. Do you, Scott? Yes. Isabel as well. Totally. Yeah. I was happy with our packing choices. Yeah. Well, I severely underpacked. Actually, you underpacked a lot, but we don't want to... That's a topic for another day. Yeah, we don't want to jump ahead of that. So, you know, kind of just, you know, getting our bearings, you know, walked off the dock, and it's kind of like, we didn't really have a plan, except that we did uh, take take, uh, a copy of the... A walking guide that's in the back of the unofficial guide to Disney Cruise Line. I did. I took pictures. We of the just pages. took pictures on our phone of the yeah. pages, so we had that to reference. And more or less, we followed that around um, the Ketchikan area, you know, the port area. And you know, when we first got off, yeah, the rain was coming down, you know, fairly steady. So straight across from the dock was a Christmas shop that we kind of meandered in for a while then we found you know a continuation of the shops that were behind it it was all just yeah plaza of shops like a open market kind of situation with just a lots of little little shops yeah well did a little window shopping some of the places weren't quite open yet but it was a good place to kind of walk around stay dry and kind of see what you know there was a couple of restaurants in there we kind of spotted for maybe come back later to to later. But our first stop was the uh, Tungus Historical Museum. So it was, you know, $5 for adults. It, you know, it's free if you have a National Parks Pass. And children under 12 are free as well. Yeah. And, I don't know, we... About- Real quick, Scott. One thing that I will let you know is if you go to Catch Cam first and you go into the Tongass National Park Museum... Before you get in there, there is a machine that you can buy a National Parks Pass. Um, You can buy a National Parks Pass for, I'd have to look the price up, I don't want to say wrong, but that will also get you into the Mendenhall Glacier and, and other things that are further down the road in your ports. So uh, that is something to kind of look at and think about. Um, if you're doing it on your own. If you're doing it on your own, yes. That is something that um, had we not had something booked in Juneau, we would have definitely bought so that we could have experienced those with the National Parks Pass. Sorry, Scott. Oh, no, no. So the museum was a good, I don't know, spent probably a good hour in there. I love that museum. I enjoyed it. Yeah. There's, it was definitely, I mean, Staff a lot was of stuff super for, friendly. A lot of stuff for the kids. There's a junior with the junior ranger activity, like kind of a scavenger hunt through. That was a separate thing. The junior ranger activity was another separate thing. There yeah, but it was inside book. there, right? Yes, there yeah. was a little scavenger hunt, and, and then you got to pick a prize, mm-hmm. and you finished with it. And there was, I don't know, going in there the first kind of like our first stop. It was very uh, empty at that time. I'm were there. 
three ships in port that day or just the two? I think three. There were definitely, there was definitely one other one potential and maybe like I'm said, the third, but definitely two. Well, maybe three. Anyway, going in there first was pretty good because we kind of almost had it to ourselves. A couple other families were in there. So it was easy to kind of walk around and look at all the different uh, things they had set up about Alaska and the different, uh, what are those, what was that one room where they had like the fishing, the uh, gold mining? The the one room that was the most captivating was the one that essentially had the kind of taxidermy animals where they had the otters and all the, that was just neat. I mean, there's a ton of stuff there to keep your interest. I mean, Isabel, do you remember we looked at the salmon? They had like baby, baby, baby salmon mm-hmm. in the... Yes, that was very... In the fish annoying. tank. In the fish tank, yeah. There was also a movie, but we didn't stick around for that. Do you remember what the movie was? It was already started. When we yeah, they had a couple different ones. But the other thing that, Isabel, I know you really liked were the, they had the polar bear furs and the black bear furs. So that you could touch them with the back of your hand. Yep. And like kind them. of see their size, right? And their claws. I also liked the room with all the different equipment and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the little rock, little moving thing. Yeah. Don't know what to call it. And even though we went there this time, I could certainly go back. It was an awesome place. It was a very cute Stick around for the movie, too. That's right. Now that the weather kind of broke and no longer need our raincoats it was a good time just about time we would kind of do the walk you know continue on the walking tour outside so it's good that the weather broke we stopped at the fire department the uh kitchen can fire department where we tried to buy t-shirts from their vending machine but it just wasn't working yeah i really wanted to get my dad one but but they have a you know tiny little museum with a you know an antique fire engine in there and the fire engine was from where scott uh toledo i think it was columbus ohio which is cool it was pretty cool it's you know definitely worth a peek inside there if you find that interesting it's free to just walk in Mm -hmm. and then we walked over to the totem pole park or there's a as you'd expect a few totem poles in the area i touched a few (laughs) and then i think this is isabel's Isabel's eager to talk about this next one. Then we headed to the salmon ladder. Which sadly, I did not see any salmon going up the ladder. I don't know if he, any. No, it was too early. Talking to the locals there, it was too early in the season. But then we went down the trail. Mm -hmm. What would you think about the walking trail? It's very cute. I liked it. I like Mm -hmm. where it went. Not too tough of a hike? No, not Pretty at all. Mild hike? Maybe some stairs? Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. And where that that led us into Creek Street, right? Yes, which you could see some salmon passing by. Mm-hmm. That's, where we did, that's where we did finally see the salmon yes. in the stream. That got me hungry. <laughs> right. Those salmon were huge, too. Yeah, they were gorgeous. I mean... Buttery. Not seeing... Salmon in Alaska before you don't really can't really appreciate the size of them like when you just see them on TV or in photos. They were impressive. 
but yeah, Creek Street is more or less the shopping area. And unlike most cruise ports, it's not Diamonds International. It was a lot of like local shops and or I mean, we had local. samples. We went to the, a shop where there were samples of different kinds of salmon, smoked salmon mm-hmm. you could try. Um, I mean, they certainly have. The, you can get your kitschy shirt that says Ketchikan in Alaska, and yeah. I bought postcards. Isabel bought. She got like a ring. I mean, there's a couple little things that we got. Um, but for the most part, they do have some super unique items, like those knives that they make that are mm-hmm. hand carved. There are just some, some n- very neat different things. Yeah. I, and the brothel at the end, of course, the tour of the brothel. Dollies. Yeah. There was one shop. It was a art, one of the art shops they had. If you're, uh, into kind of like the Disney art, there was one artist whose art work was featured. It was a Star Wars artwork with kind of like that Alaskan inspired designs, you know, with stormtroopers and a, like Darth Vader. Uh, what are they? I don't know the name for that Alaskan artwork. Like the eagles, the kind of like the totem kind of. I'm I don't sorry. remember it either. I'm it's, sorry. I don't know. You know, it's, it's amazing though. But tink, thinglet, tink, thinglet. Yeah, it's tinglet, something like that. I mean, once you see it, you know what I'm talking about. I, if anybody knows the name, let me know. I'm, I just called Alaska Alaska inspired artwork, but there was the artist that was on that had uh, some interesting pe- the Star Wars pieces, and this gallery was Andy Everson, and I mean, a little surprised they. Uh, I haven't touched bases with him to get his stuff, you know, in the Vista Gallery during these Alaskan sailings. Maybe in the future, but it was pretty cool. Something to check out. Uh, his artwork is on his website that's linked that we'll put in the show notes just to give you an idea. It's really cool. Kind of Alaskan twist. On Star Wars art. It's cute, too. Yeah. And then, after Creek Street, we kind of, after we made it through the shops, we uh, kind of walked more down into the main area of town, back by the fire department. Um, and we, <laughs> we went to Tall Tail Taxidermy. Which I actually bought a rabbit. Pelt. Yes, Isabel bought And we a pelt. went because why? Where did we see it, guys? It was listed in. Ding, ding, ding. The unofficial guide. And I believe they mentioned that they bought a beaver pelt. So we wanted to make sure we went in there and loved it. I loved that place. Isabel, we found a lot of things we could buy, couldn't we? Oh, yes. But I also would have wanted the fox. But no, I chose a rabbit because I like The rabbit's bunny. soft. Yeah, it's. And the guy in there was making deals. Yeah, he was good stuff. And so, said if you wanted something when you got home, mm-hmm. you know. And then in that same building, we noticed a candy shop. Ketcha Candies. Yeah. Catchy name. <laughs> but I'm fine. Catchy name. They win for best uh, named candy shop so far. 
one of the things we kind of noticed a lot, there was a lot of popcorn for sale. Yeah. So. I love popcorn. One of the, back when we first got off the ship, there was a booth set up by that Christmas store. You know, we immediately got the smell of kettle corn going in the morning. And they have different, like, flavors. Mm-hmm. Like, they, but they have, like, blue raspberry, cherry. Like, they have actual flavors like that. And rainbow. So, it was about lunchtime, and we are meandering through another gift shop, and this one had, you know, fresh pop, you know, kettle corn going on. Well, we were also looking for this one. That's like, right. This was the one we wanted to get some popcorn from. They had samples. <laughs> hey. So. That's a different, like, they're all good, too. You know, it was... You know, so our walking tour more or less took all morning. I don't know, maybe, maybe three, four hours tops. But we enjoyed it. It was just a casual walk, nothing. We weren't in a hurry. Mm-mm. Just kind of. We meandered in and out of shops, but it wasn't a shopping day. Yeah. I mean, we did end up getting an ornament, which, funny. That's what we always look out for on vacation, something. But that's... funny that we didn't get it from the Christmas store. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of ironic. Um, but we we had a good time just just kind of walking around. I mean, we we saw a lot. There were a couple of things that were on the map that we did not get down to because it was, you know, kind of clear across a town. But I, I was very happy with the time we spent in Ketchikan, Isabel. Yeah, me too. But we always look for ornaments made out of something from where we visit. You got it. You're exactly correct. So, lo and behold, we finally fig- we finally decided to go back to one of the first places we saw for lunch, Florida Bill's Crab and Cracker Seafood Bar. <laughs> yes. It, th- Travel all the way to Alaska from Florida, and we go to Florida Bill's. <laughs> well, that wasn't lunch. the place that was the top recommended one. It but was I, not. I can't remember why we didn't go there now. Um, it doesn't really matter because, to be perfectly honest, most places serve the same stuff so except um, maybe at different prices right it's kind of like what can you get to see what's the best view it's pretty close to being the same so different sizes there's crab bisque lobster bisque crab legs crab legs salmon Mm. i mean it's (laughs) it's all sourced from the same place (laughs) you're in alaska so it's kind of like all right there i mean i'm sure platters are different elsewhere but you know it's it's good i'd probably Look for something else next time, just because we've been there. But definitely, it wasn't enough to say I'm coming back here definitely next time. But it was a some Alaskan beers on tap. Oh, so after that, we pretty much ended our time in Ketchikan. It was, Isabel is eager to meet Mickey and Minnie in their Alaska outfits. Minnie is adorable. How no, couldn't you so not want to meet her? Yeah, their outfits are cute. There, I said it. Oh. So. I love the different outfits for the different places they visit. So cute. Yeah, that was, I mean, we're not usually a character meet and greet kind of. You know, making sure we do that on 
you know, looking through the navigator and marking times with this cruise, there are definitely some unique meet and greets that we, uh, made a point to go stand in line for. Of course we got there early, so we weren't at the end of. Yes. We just waited. We just waited for the line to start instead of waiting for the line to move. That was pretty much our day in Ketchikan. Uh, our next port of call was Castaway Key of Alaska. Icy straight points. There you go. And I say this jokingly, but not really, because that's the best way to explain Icy Straight Point. It is the Castaway Key of Alaska. It's a cute little... And um, the only thing is, is everything's not included. <laughs> right. But Port Adventures aren't included a Castaway Key either. Neither are drinks, you're right. So, mm-hmm. but though it was, it was a fun little place to walk around. I mean, they had a nice little uh, trail through the woods. Uh, we didn't see any wildlife on that little hike, but it was another kind of very mild hike. It was cute. It was super clean. Yeah. That port was like Castaway Key in that sense. I don't have anything to s- bad to say about Icy Straight Point, but it's if you're not doing a port adventure, there's really not much to do besides just kind of walk around, sit on the... Oh, the Cannery you know, Museum was yeah, awesome, but though. You, yeah, there's a big Cannery Museum. A uh, little some, donut. Yeah, so the donut shop is worth the walk. If that was the anything. crown jewel, yeah. the self, you know, all the proceeds went to the Salvation mm-hmm. Army. Yeah, that that was probably it, my favorite part. That's what I'm saying. Is Icy Straight Point is really set up for you to do one of their port adventures, for something to do. There's not much otherwise. You know, it's it's a cruise. It's one of those generated. You know, designed cruise ports to. And their big draw is their zipline, which Isabel was not. Um, her weight, she was she, underweight. She didn't make weight. Oh darn! <laughs> so, um, but I honestly, I wasn't, I did not feel cheated that we didn't book anything there because I had an enjoyable time mm-hmm. with what we did. Um, Scott, you stayed back to get some local beers and and use the Wi-Fi, uh, but we, I thought it was an enjoyable port. Isabel, what was your favorite part? Seeing the cat. <laughs> yeah, they had a little. They had like a little fire pit where you could throw in like a little chip of wood for like a kind Wish. of like a, a wishing well kind of thing, but with chips I of wood in a fire. The first time, so I got to do the second try. There was a cat. You know, funny. As you're walking back towards, like the museum and everything, there's there were a couple uh, actual little cottages where people live. They were cute. Uh, and the so, beach, I really liked the kind of beach. Yeah, it was area. it was an all rock beach, but you know it was it? nice enough to sit down. Uh, you can go get, you know, there's there's a main restaurant right by the closer to the information center, right off the dock. But then down on the pier, there's more like a quick service window, and or you can get some food, get some drinks, sit out on the beach or at the picnic tables. The, uh, you can go to Huna mm-hmm. from Icy Strait. You could rent bikes. It's also and, a cute little totem pole. Yeah, bike to Huna, or you can do port adventures from there. Um, the uh, 
the store that they have or the restaurant they have right off there does have free Wi-Fi, but it's limited to like an hour. And once your hour hits, it's you're done. So something to think about. Anyway, that was that's kind of pretty. All we did is really walk around, walk through the Cannery Museum, and you know. Went back on the ship, had lunch, and then I came back out to use the free Wi-Fi in the restaurant. I think you guys went to a movie. We did Guardians of the Galaxy too. Yeah. You ended up joining us later, but yeah. Oh yeah, I went. I went back out for the free Wi-Fi and the beer flight, which their beer flight was a very good value. It was ten ounce beers. Ten ounce beers. No, you can't even get those at Epcot. Three ten ounce beers for fifteen ninety five. Yeah. I mean. On a Disney cruise? It was good. They had, um, lo- like, local kids that were there playing their drums and singing, mm-hmm. you know, native, uh, you know, in their native song. It, it was, I enjoyed Icy's Trade. It was a, it was another nice port. And like I said, super yeah. clean, super nice. And we um, also saw one of the deadliest catch boats sailing past the Brenna oh, yeah, A. That's right, cool. you did. You did. So um, then, you know, two port days down, and then... Then we saw... Our first bear on the whole entire trip. We met Coda. <laughs> He's so Brother adorable. Bear. Coda from Brother Bear. Disney Bear. At a meet and greet. Oh, it was worth it. Because you can't meet him on most cruises. Yeah. And then we spent some more time on deck four. and Like we do. My favorite place. Honestly, though, I you know... The chairs on deck four are way more comfortable than those little veranda chairs. I would much rather go out and chill on a teak deck chair with a cushion wrapped up in a flannel blanket or fleece blanket from Disney. I'm thinking we should probably stop talking about deck four. It might get a little crowded. Oh, yeah. It's like Fight Club. Deck four is terrible. You guys should all go up to deck ten. Yes. Wink, wink. No, no wink, wink. So that kind of rounded out that day, the typical dinner and and what have you. And we were excited because the next day, um, spoiler alert, my favorite day of the whole cruise um, was going to be the Hubbard Glacier. So um, we, you know, Scott every day came with me to the gym. So we started we started that day out, which was awesome. We're going to pause right here and return next week with part two of our nine-night Alaskan Cruise podcast. Thank you for joining us. If you've enjoyed the episode, please feel free to share it with your friends and followers. We'd also be very grateful if you could rate and review our podcast on iTunes. If you have any issues, please drop us an email. You can connect with the show via the comments section on the website, email us at contact at disneycruiselineblog.com, Follow us on Twitter at the DCL blog or on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Disney Cruise Line blog. Additionally, you can leave a voicemail, which we will try to incorporate into future podcasts with your questions, comments, or feedback on the show by calling 321-765-3252.